You are listening to WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. I'm Warren O'Deschulet, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. I had the wonderful opportunity to record a conversation I had with Mrs. Ruhina Sehun. She's a Baha'i who had to escape Iran soon after the Islamic Revolution in 1979, when the Islamic Republic of Iran was established. After being threatened as a Baha'i, she and her family escaped Iran through Turkey. When she came to the United States as a refugee, she established herself in the Amherst area. She has been in the Amherst area now for 20 years. I started the conversation by asking Ruhina where she grew up in Iran and what was it like there. I was born in Iran and one of the small cities in Azerbaijan. The name of that city is Myanda. Uh, my parents there is very well known and they ha- we had a um, uh, good life, I can tell, with compared with Iran. My mother is teacher, my father worked in the uh, sugar factory. Mm, and they had a six uh, uh, child, uh, and I am second one. Uh, when we in Myandab in Iran, this is the short time. Is the city we were living is really respect for my religion. I'm Baha'i, and I was born Baha'i in Myandab in Iran. Sometimes in the school, because we Baha'i, they have the family with the other religion. And you guys have to know in Iran, is most of the people, they have a Muslim religion. They told us something is not really supposed to tell for people and hurt our heart. But it still is not that bad. And... Then, uh, when I am 18 uh, and graduate from high school, uh, they accept me. I actually, my country, they have an exam for the people go to um, college. Uh, I passed the exam in nursing school, and I became nurse in Iran. And at that time, is the nursing school belongs for Red Cross. Uh, when I graduated there, the deal is because I was dormitory free education. Shah time, most of in Iran, education is free. And But I had a deal after I graduated from the college, I have to go to a small city and work there three years until my um, is finished that period. Uh, then uh, when I went to a small city, they sent me a small city. The name of the city is Maragh. And that time I met my husband. In the, uh, I was actually supervisor, and I, my language, they told Metron, that is, is uh, uh, take care whole hospital. Uh, my husband then is uh, the doctor, surgeon, and we worked together about nine months. Then we married. Even there, uh, somebody told my husband because that the city is closed, the city I'm living, doctor, do you know she's Baha'i? Because my parents, again, is very well known in Baha'i, but they really 
uh, not really bothering a lot the Baha'i people. When we married there, then... So your husband uh, was not a Baha'i? My husband was Baha'i, but that area, they did not know my husband is Baha'i. I see. Because he's coming from the Tehran, but I was born that area. I my see. parents, they know, especially my uncle, uh, then after Revelation, they killed him. He is well-known Baha'i there. Then, uh, when three years finished, we came in Tehran. I, I went to school again. I had a master in the nursing, education of nursing. Then I started teaching in the nursing school. About five, six years, then Iranian revelation happened in Iran. Um, they start uh, torturing Baha'i people. Uh, killing the Baha'i people because the idea, because of the Baha'i. I told my husband, doesn't matter what I'm going to go, I'm leaving this country. I want to be my, f I'm a woman, I have to be freedom. My children have to be freedom. Uh, I have to mention my religion. We have a equality, man and woman. And I was born in the family. My parents treat me uh, as a uh, equality, my brother, my four brothers, even my father is love two daughters he had, and he treat us really good. Mm -hmm. uh, this is why I talk, dude, because it's my husband is Baha'i, he understand I'm really suffering that uh, environment, um, and uh, he told me, you human being, you should decide yourself what you think doing, I'm sorry. Then we decided left the country. I wasn't looking for that time for what we're doing there. I just want my three kids is freedom. Especially I had a daughter, she's 15, 14, 15, and the Baha'i people most of the time, that time they escaping from Iran. They coming from mountain. But I am hearing they raping the girl, they raping the uh, woman. I really didn't want that happen for my children, my youngest daughter. This is why we decide come from the uh, um, the other way through Turkey. Turkish. Uh, I had a very good sister-in-law in the United States, um, and I should always appreciate it of her. She made our paperwork, and we came Amherst, Mass. Now I am in Amherst, Mass, 20 years, but I had a very, very tough time. I was the country without knowing language, without knowing environment, and my youngest one is three years old. <coughs> She started school as a kindergarten in here. And my husband, because he was doctor, he was surgeon, he didn't know any language. After three, four months, we settled down, he back Iran. Now I am with three kids with a strange country, and just I told, without knowing language, without knowing any culture, anything. Um, then my kids went to school, you saw a drastic change between the time of the Shah 
where you seem to have some freedom, although I was aware that there was still some persecution of the Baha'is during the era of the Shah. But then after the Iranian Islamic Revolution and Ayatollah Khomeini came into power, you saw a drastic change in your life at That's that right. time. And could you describe how that changed for you? Yes, I was um, a teacher in the nursing school. And we 13 teacher in the school. And it's very good school. Then they told us we have to have a scarf. The first is start with a scarf. To cover your head. Yes. Then they start the chador, magne, all those things. Only not this. In the school, they brainwash the children. My son, that time, is seven years old. One day he was watching TV. Mm-hmm. Very interesting for whole things they do in the street. They, they uh, all wrong things they talking. I told my son, Bobak, stop it. This is not humanity. He told me, Maman, Khomeini is power of God. He came from the God. Are you trying um, um, to tell something wrong for Khomeini? So he was like watching this propaganda from the Islamic yes. regime. Is that what you're referring uh, yes. to? Yes. They, they really screaming, yelling, and going, to, um, you know, people's house, destroying the people's house life. But he's seven years old. He really didn't know those things. It's wild things you're not supposed to do for other human beings. Uh, because if you believe that God, God created everybody. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, then that time I told my husband, this is not place we have to leave. Mm-hmm. I would like my children freedom. I would like I freedom. I don't want to be scarf. I don't want chador. If his problem is child or scarf, nothing really big deal. Then start to fire the Baha'i people from the old office, and they fire the, my husband from the um, university. He used to be teach there, uh, and I should appreciate it. My um, friend at school, uh, I always because each person they have to introduce Baha'i person in the office. And I told my friend, my co-worker, you guys can introduce, I am Baha'i this office. They told me, no, Ruhina, you Baha'i, we don't mind you Baha'i, you good human being, and we working with good human being. Until they don't do themselves, we're not gonna do anything. Even one, I think two years after revelation, I left the country, I was working, but I was worried. What gonna happen? looks like the human is drowning in the water and trying came out with that water but I couldn't do that then we decided left the country mm-hmm. and because they the first well, they, the first person they killed him for Baha'i people my uncle my fa- my mother's brother in Mahabad and as Kurdish people really really Upset, they told we. They always trying tell us don't cry. One day they gonna we gonna have profit in here because uh, my uncle is very very good man. Then they killed my father brother. They killed many many well educated, all professors, doctor, good mm. good people. 
even they didn't bother any politic things only because they're Baha'i. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is why I left, I decided, I told my husband, I have to leave the country, thanks God, my husband is Baha'i, and he allowed me to do it, because if my husband is Muslim, in the Muslim religion, the man is powerful. If man don't give permission, woman can't leave the country. But my husband told me, you, you can leave the mm-hmm. country. We left the country. Was your life ever in danger during the Islamic Revolution? Always. Can you tell a story that would describe that? Um, one night, midnight, I was pregnant with my youngest daughter. And the revelation happened. Around 2 a.m., they knocked our door. Because my husband is doctor, is famous, I always afraid something going to happen for him. And the weather is very, very hot. Me, my husband, my two kids, we sleep hallway because we had a cold air conditioner there. I wear the chador, and I cover myself, and I told, who's that? And they told me, come on, open the door. I didn't open the door inside the house. I just went down and opened the door. I told, yes, what do you want? Without permission, without anything, they hold me away. The woman is nine months pregnant, and they came up. They try search the house, whole house. We had a few... Uh, cassette. A cassette is a, the singer sing. That time is cassette. Okay. Big cassette. Right. Uh, they had a, a few um, United States singer on it. Is a little bit naked. Didn't cover. They broke those. Then I I cooked some um, syrup from the sour cherry, and they asked me, "Those is." Wine, also, I told no, sir, we don't drink the alcohol. Those is not wine, those is syrup. Would you please have some? They told me no. And then, is our house, they look my um, burrow, under my commode, under my bed, all over my house. After destroying two hours our house, they left. So your house was turned upside down? Turned up upside down. And they told us uh, that night they, they, they left the house. After that, again, because due to I scared of those people, is my child born very early. We didn't expect she born early. She born very early, 18 days early. Then we had now we had three kids. One other day is noon time, about 1 p.m. They knocked the door, uh, and my husband answered the door. He told me, Ruhina, this is from government. Cover yourself. I went where they, you know, cover myself. The guy came, is very rude, very impolite, and he told me, what are you doing that in room? And I told, you know, sir, I have to cover myself. Uh, why did it take lo- that long? I told I'm home. I didn't have uh, house um, clothes. He got really angry. He told me, I shouldn't be that long in that room. Anyway, again, they look all house, all over. They take my book. 
we had a lot Baha'i um, ring, uh, those things, you know, everything. Pendants, yeah. yeah they t- take yeah. all those things. Yeah. Then they told us we have to go, uh, the, um, the place is the jail in the Evin. They told me and husband, my husband, they give us date. That time we have to go that place. It's every about two months. Every day, my parents, my brother, they all come in our house. They sit in our house, and we didn't know what we what gonna happen in our life. And they they going home. Is nobody even talking? We didn't know what gonna happen. Anyway, that day is became eventually. Mm-hmm. And me and husband, we told uh, my parents, you know, if we didn't come from the, zin- the jail of the Evan, you know, you guys mm-hmm. has to go pick up the kids from the uh, school. We had a guy is they sitting our house down is Christian. His name is Raymond, and we told Mr. Raymond, if we didn't come, go get the kids. Uh, and take my parents' house. Me and my husband, that two period months, we really didn't talk, even we couldn't talk to each other. We didn't know what happened. But I told, when we going, I told my husband, listen, and I take the personal stuff myself, you know, toothbrush, underclothes, everything, because I was accepting they're gonna hold me, uh, because I was telling everything. I didn't scare anybody. Mm-hmm. I told my husband, listen, if they want three things I'm going to tell you, please listen those three. The first one, if they keep me there, don't come back of me because that time they're going to grab you, catch you too. You have, you have responsibility to take care of the three kids. This is first things. Second things is my jewelry belongs my kids. Don't give anybody. Third things, if I they killed me, if you married, married with by woman. <laughs> and he told me, please stop it, Ruhina. So you were being uh, you were being arrested. We went to jail. Okay, so this was what you told your husband prior to being prior going to jail. Going to jail. When we went there, the first of all, they separate us. So you and your husband were both taken to jail? Yeah. And he, they take other room, they take me other room. The room is the guy was there, all Baha'i book, on the floor, Robin here, there, on respect, they're walking in the book. And this is the interrogator, yeah, the interviewer. Yeah, the people there. Yeah. Then they putting Baha'i tablet of the... Um, Abdul Baha under the bath. That means you know they unrespect. The the start. I really didn't know what gonna happen, and my husband is separate room. And they start talking with me. They give me paper, ten page. I have to fill up those ten page. Introduce ten of Baha'i friend. Introduce ten of Muslim friend. How many? Mo- how much money you have in the bank? How much money your husband have in bank? And during the, those things, I'm feeling the voice coming from intercom is torturing man. Looks like is killing some man, torturing, 
and I'm hearing, and I was thinking, oh my God, they're doing something wrong to my husband. Mm -hmm. The first of all, uh, I didn't introduce anybody in the paper. I told, I write, due to my husband's job, because he's doctor, we have an all-religion friend. We don't have a special friend. Mm -hmm. I did not introduce any Muslim friend, any Baha'i friend, any other religion friend. Then the money, you know, we had a lot, not a lot money, some money in the bank, I told we have money. And the guy that came our house two months ago, they take all uh, our um, bank books. Books. Okay. Books is gone, really. They know how much money already we have in the bank. Mm -hmm. Then they ask me, uh, the guy is introducing me, not introducing me, interviewing me, mm -hmm. is from the city I was living, from Myondop. He know how many brothers I have, he know how many sisters I have, where they living, they can ask me, where is your brother, this brother, where is that brother, where is your so sister? So he knew all your relations. Yeah, my relation. Where is your parents, all those things. And I told, you know. After they finished, they take me same room, my husband. How many days do you remember? It's only one day. One day in this interview. Okay. Then take me same room, but my, my husband was mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And the guy there, he told me, what is, what's your religion, ma'am? I told, I'm Baha'i. I born Baha'i. My parent is Baha'i. He told my husband, if somebody talk like that, we kill them right away. I told, sir, I don't scared you guys kill me. I'm ready for that. Then my husband, the guy told my husband, Doctor, you ha doc, you have to take her home and teach her how the, he has to act, she has to act. Mm -hmm. Poor my husband, color is pill, pill, pill. Pill, yeah. And it's really shaky because mm. he knows I can't control my... <laughs> <laughs> he can't control you. <laughs> you are who you are. Yeah. <laughs> then they kept my husband. They... they they, they kept your husband? There, yes. They and left where, what, where did you go? They left me. They told me you can't go. So you went home? Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, when I was coming home, I was crying whole my house, my, my face. I really didn't scare anybody, anything. Everybody in the street, in the taxi, they all asking me, ma'am, why are you crying? And I was telling everybody why I'm crying. Because be Baha'i, because they kept my husband there, and because all those things. When I came home, my neighbor downstairs, neighbor, the Christian, mm -hmm. they opened the door, they hugged me, man, and what happened? I told they kept my husband, they left me, I come home. Anyway, I to um, they told me, do you want we go see anything, tell anything to your parents? I told him, no, let me see what's going to happen. About three hours, my husband came. Mm -hmm. uh, just really excited. What happened? He told me, Ruhina, they won't exile me far away, but they didn't have airplane. Tomorrow morning, two pastor, the government, two. pastor is uh, government uh, police, okay. but not regular police. 
They're like uh, they're like uh, to make sure that people abide by Islamic rule. Yeah. Okay. They bring home, and tomorrow again those people came, and they take my husband far away, where towns. We did. We didn't hear two months anything. So you had no idea where he went. We didn't know where, where he went. What gonna happen? What just he was when he he left. He told me, "Don't worry, just they're gonna exile me." But even I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Then after two months, an Iranian New Year is coming. We had a Muslim friend. They living in Isfahan, and my husband, one of those people, they told you know, where he is. And they came, they told me, don't worry, your husband is alive. He's uh, such a, you know, I, even though I don't remember that uh, town name, where is he? Mm -hmm. After two months, me and my husband, we went to Isfahan. Isfahan. No, how did, I'm sorry, I missed it. How did you and your husband, uh, as soon as you found out where your husband was? We, we couldn't go there because he's under control. Okay. But we know he's alive. Okay. After two months, the Iranian New Year, mm -hmm. we went, I had a sister in Isfahan. Mm -hmm. We went see them. Oh, okay. Then our Muslim friend, they went that town. Oh, okay. They bring my husband the night dark, my sister's house. So how did he get him out of jail? He wasn't was, jailed. He was just exiled to exiled a city. That city is very small, very bad condition city. Okay, so some little country town. Yes. Okay. But far away. And so he went and fetched him. Yeah. And in the, was, at the night brought him to where. Yeah. Two months later, you know. Yeah. Okay. So we were separated for two months. Two months. Okay. They bring there that he was with us about two, three days. He visited us, you know, my sister's house. Then. After three days, because he could leave three days, those people again, they came midnight, the f our friend, they c take him, they own home. In the morning, the pastor people, the, the government people, they came take him from her home there. About four months he was there. Actually, he was seeing the patient, you know. He was not really, uh, but even that four months, uh, they didn't pay him. He was free there. After four months, he came home. Now, did you consider going to him and being with him during those four months? We couldn't do that. We didn't allow to do that. I see. We didn't allow to do that. Okay. But he came. Uh -huh. But after that, we continuously under control. And we, we know somebody controlling us, somebody following us. Somebody, even when we leave in country, in airport, mm -hmm. I didn't have problem. And my two kids, small kids, my passport, they didn't have problem. Mamak, my oldest daughter, and my husband, about two hours in the airport, they try talk with them, where are you going, what you're doing, you know, Torturing with the talking. Right, so you were very nervous situation. And nervous. Even my son, he bite all the nails. Oh boy! When we we went <coughs> inside, air, my son is nail is bleeding. Oh boy! He was really really 
upset. He yeah. he's understand. He was nine years old that time. Mm. He knows what's going on. Right. And my now you said he was sort of brainwashed in school. Yeah, in yeah. school, but then at some point he turned around. Uh, it's, he really didn't. He's nine, seven, nine right, years. Old. He right. really didn't go and know anything. But because he's seeing the school, they brainwashing. Yeah. He's, you know. So did he have any resistance to going with you, or, no, or did no. he realize at some point that this was, yeah, propaganda he, and didn't make sense? Yes, and he continues attacking with him. Yeah. Plus, there is only not religion. There is he knows her father and her sister life on danger. Right. Because a lot of things happened. Mm -hmm. When they killed my uncle in Mahabad mm -hmm. and the following year we went visit my we went uh, um, actually is we went United States. Babak is twelve years old. When we back home we went see my uncle family in Mahabad mm -hmm. and we went see the my uncle grave. Uh -huh. Then uh, we told my children what happened. When we coming from the grave, he told Maman, I'm gonna go United States. I'm gonna tell everybody I'm Baha'i. He just laughed. He mm -hmm. told if you're man you should tell me are you Baha'i <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a tough yeah. life but right. you know. we'll hear more of Rahina's story after we take a short break. You're listening to WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, and this is A Baha'i Perspective.
O son of spirit, my first counsel is this, possess a pure, kindly, and radiant heart, that thine may be a sovereignty, ancient, imperishable, and everlasting. The Baha'i Faith, uniting the world one heart at a time, 1-800-22-UNITE, or visit our website at www.baha'i.org, that's B-A-H-A-I dot O-R-G. Welcome back to A Baha'i Perspective. We've been listening to a pre-recorded conversation with Ruhina Sehun, a refugee from Iran escaping religious persecution under the Islamic Republic. I asked Ruhina about her most harrowing experience under the Islamic rule. One night is uh, because uh, my husband is doctor, surgeon, and I was always helping with him, uh, we hired somebody to go bring the children from the, that far away home. That day, we had a surgery. We came home around nine. And when I came home, I see is Bobak is. Bobak is my son, is not home. I asked my daughter, my daughter, and we had some person working with house. And housekeeper, I asked, where is the Bobak? They told me Bobak didn't come home. I start crying, 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 my full face, and my, I just yell my husband, Bobak didn't come home, go see what happened for Bobak. And my husband went see what happened in the school for Bobak. Take about more than two hours until my husband go bring the, see what happened, my son. And my was, that time my youngest daughter is three years old, I was crying, going around the house. I really didn't know what I had to do. We afraid called the police. We didn't know what we had to do. Until my husband bring my son, 
And my young, three years old kids continuously telling me, Mama, don't worry. Mama, don't worry. Daddy gonna bring Baba come now. <laughs> anyway, after two months, Baba came Two home. hours. Two hours, yes. Baba came home, and I was hugging. Baba is crying. I'm crying. Baba is crying. I'm crying. Uh, because the guy supposed to go give the right, they didn't go give right. Why? Uh, he's sometimes he's he's, <laughs> he's unreliable. <laughs> ah, man is in Christian. He sit down and at our house. Yeah. We were paying him, but I don't know what happened. Yeah. But we did not think he wasn't home. The family's not home. Mm-hmm. We couldn't ask them what happened. Right. We thought maybe they, you know, right. they take as a hostage. Uh, but the, we lucky the guy is working the school. He keep him there. We always give them money, you know, fruit. We had a huge farm. Everything, you know, they take care of the kids. Right. But until you realize what happened to your kids, right. two hours, you know. It's an eternity. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, let's move forward to your... Uh, arrival in the United States and you talked about how difficult it was being here your husband was here for a short time yeah then you were uh, he went back and you then were there to raise these three kids Um, and I suppose maybe you you could tell us what progressed yes when we came in here, exactly one month I was in here, I am searching for a job without knowing any language. My sister-in-law, she take me at her nursing home, and they had their marvelous supervisor, and still I'm friends with them. And my sister-in-law told, she has a master in the nursing education of nursing, but she don't know any language. I am really, really appreciated for Amherst Nursing Home people. They hired me. They hired me as a bed maker because they told me, don't worry. Of course, that time I really didn't understand. Bed don't need language. You can make bed. And about two months, almost two months, I was making bed only Meanwhile, I was talking. After two months, they told me, now my language is enough. I can work as a nurse's aide. I start working as a nurse's aide. And is people is very nice. I could, again, appreciate that people working in Amherst Nursing Home. Very kind. They're helpful. Especially my two supervisors, Pat Cooper and Gail Barbie, is perfect, wonderful human being. They helped me a lot. Still, Pat Cooper is my best friend. She helped me again a lot. Then, after six months, they told me my English is good enough. I could work as a graduate nurse. I did work four years as a graduate nurse. Now, what does that mean, graduate nurse? Graduate nurse, I didn't have license because I didn't pass the exam. Take four years until I learned the English. My language is improved. So it was uh, someone who graduated from nursing but did not have the board. Right. Sir, okay. You can work as a 
nurse because I didn't have a nursing license. But because I was very good for everything, mm -hmm. they know that they allowed me to work under the other nurse's license mm. uh, as a graduate nurse. Mm -hmm. But take four years until uh, I could pass my board. Mm -hmm. Even I couldn't pass RM board. I could pass LPN and board. And I work as a LPN. Even the time I passed my board, I start working LPN. I had a lot difficulty, a lot difficulty, because the nurse, being nurse, you have to be talk with doctor, get the order, and tell them what's your patient have a problem, what's wrong, and you bring all those in the book. Maybe <laughs> 10 months, every time when I was coming home, I was crying because I was afraid I made a mistake. I was afraid I couldn't communicate with doctor. Mm. But even, again, I have to appreciate the United States people, and people understand the doctors. I always... Even now, I always tell them, would you please speak slowly? Speak slowly, yeah. Would you please uh, be patient with me? Uh. And they're really nice, nice people. They always repeat the order. And even sometimes, because some order is very difficult, I ask them, would you please fax to me? Mm. And people understand, especially Amherst, they really know is when you have a barrier language how much difficulty you have. Then gradually, you know, I start be doing, you know, understanding people well mm. and working well. Mm. Um, it's but it's tough life. Mm. And plus, you have a three kids in the home. Yeah. They lost this culture, father is not with them, only mother, and mother has to make money financially, <laughs> financially support the family, mm -hmm. and support the religion. Mm. And I was really, really concerned about the kids brought out with the faith brought up with the Baha'i faith. Baha'i faith. Mm -hmm. This is why I asked my supervisor, could I take Sunday off? I take three, four years uh, is off Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I was taking my kids from the Amherst and be going to Wilbraham because in Wilbraham they had a lot of Iranian people, it's Baha'i, and they know the language they they know you know what's going on mm -hmm. in Iran. They know what's the life tough life in here, mm -hmm. and thanks God now I have a three good kids. Mm. They all good and respect on me, mm -hmm. and I'm happy. I'm yeah. trying to help them more, right. more successful. Now, what about your husband? Yeah, this is another sad story. Is uh, we were in here, he was coming every year, visiting us. 
and visiting the children. Then one year, uh, we were vacation in California. Last, this is 10 years ago, they called us. They told, you know, my husband had a car accident. As we didn't know, don't know what happened, that car accident. The first of all, I didn't know he died, but, you know, it's very big tragedy, our life. My kids, we love him. He's a really good man. He's a really good father. And he, he did all sacrifice without leaving children, wife, because we freed him. He lived there lonely. Then... I, I went to Iran. When I went to Iran, two days before I arrived in Iran, I was, didn't know what happened. But two hours before I get in Tehran, my pray, God, please help me. If he passed away, I can take that thing. Because it's really hard thing. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. It's okay. But believe me, believe me, God honest. Two hours when I was flying top in Tehran mm -hmm. and uh, looks like somebody gave me a lot of power. Mm. I was really powerful. Mm -hmm. People don't understand if they don't have that power. Mm -hmm. I told myself, Rohina, two things. He died. If he didn't die, if he died, I have to, you have to be strong. You have three kids. You have to be take care of those three kids. If he didn't die, he's in the hospital. First thing, you ask your, usually my father, my father was alive that time. Mm -hmm. And my mm, brother, and I asked them, take me to hospital. And I go take care of him. Unfortunately, when I went there, I see my father, I see my brother. I definitely understand my husband passed away. Mm. I did not ask them anything. Just I asked, how you doing? What you doing? About the airport until my brother's house is half an hour. I went there even without asking one word my father, one word my, my brother. Mm -hmm. And I went there, my sister-in-law, she take Lida, she take me upstairs, she hugged me. My, every, my mother hugged me, everybody hugged me. Then I told my mother. I told my mother, mother, my husband is died, doctor is died. She told me, no, mother, who told you? I told, from your face, mm. I know he died. Then again, again, got me power. God gave me very power. Mm -hmm. Just I told my heart, please help. Mm -hmm. He did help me, uh -huh. believe me. Mm. Then I told, we have to be strong. And instead we cry. Instead, we do something wild things, is we have to pray. Her spiritually, he's in here. Mm -hmm. He's seeing us. He know what we're doing. 
Then all of my family, about 50 people, is downstairs. This is about 1 a.m. there. Okay. Everybody from downstairs, they came upstairs. They all start crying, you know, my culture. Sometimes people is cry, do something, you know, not really. I told guys, please, nobody cry. Mm. I don't want anybody cry. Mm -hmm. Only things you guys want, he's happy, I'm happy, pray. They prayed, we pray about one hour, then everybody sleep. And I was take, I did take some medicine with me, I know is, is gonna something happening. Mm -hmm. We sleep, then the morning is people, you know, in Iran, seven days, people, everybody heard, they came see us. When I asked my brother later on, what happened? He told me 4 a.m. he was coming. His car had an accident. And his car is flamed. But accident with the bus, nobody in it. It was a bus? Yeah. Nobody in it. Only one driver there. We really didn't know, God knows, if he, they killed him or accident. Still, we don't know what happened. Is, but the the driver, the other driver, he lost two finger. He's alive. Then I, they told me you can complain, you can take him in the jail, you can do this. I told no, I'm by. He passed away. He died. What I do those things? What's gonna happen? Probably he has a wife. He has a children. You have to give permission. They release her from jail. Really, permission? They put him in the jail. They, the driver? Yeah, because that. Then the family came, I did give permission. You did not? I did. You did? I did. Because if is somebody told him, go kill him, not his fault. If accident, again, not his. And I'm as a Baha'i, I know each person have a time. When your time is finished, you're going to go. And I think his time is finished, he mm -hmm. went. Mm -hmm. But he's very good man, mm -hmm. perfect surgeon. Yeah. And he never worked with, for money. Yeah. He always tell, I'm not businessman. I'm the doctor. So mm -hmm. he now I'm a doctor. If you want to be married with business uh, man, you choose wrong person. Mm -hmm. He never, never think about <laughs> the money. He's yeah. a really good man. I was uh, interviewing Mabel Garris the other day, and she said that uh, they often would jail Baha'i doctors so that they would take care of the other prisoners yes. that were in were yeah. in jail. Yeah, they, yeah. they put the doctors' work in the jail. Yeah. My, my husband, when they exiled her two months, he was him, yeah. working. Yeah. Not he's sitting there. Right. The people coming around and they yeah. work without paying her, without doing anything. You know. They didn't pay him. No, so four months. Even the place he was leaving, he paid all the money he left there. Actually, not my husband, not alive, not alone. Three other doctors they sent with him, and they and when they come back from there, they killed one of those doctors. They cut the head. Oh, the head. Mm. One of those doctors. Wow. Yeah, and other one, he wear the ship 
clothes. He escaped from country. He came, oh, he came from mountain sheep, as a sheep. sheep. A sheep clothing. Middle of the sheep, yeah. they came the country. Uh, well, yeah, well. it's sad. Yeah. Now your children are grown up. My yeah. children is grown up, right? And uh, I think you probably feel established here in. Uh, I, I am. This. I again, I am really, really appreciating for United States people. People isn't here kind. People isn't here very helpful, very understanding. After you work sixteen hour, after you work ten hour, when you come home, at least nobody bother you. You're free. Anything you want is people don't understand what's the freedom. Any place you go, what your religion you have, what idea you have, what your children do, you free them, you know. Mm. And I'm happy, I'm really happy. This is I love Iran because Tehran is the place is Baha'u'llah born. The city of birth of Baha'u'llah, but I love United States as a second country. All those kindness, all those freedom they give me. Mm. My children, even they help my children. They they have a, all they have a bachelor. I'm hoping they're gonna get more than bachelor, and they let them borrow the money, have a good education, mm -hmm. and good life. And I really appreciate it for that. Mm. And thanks God, they helped me. I'm as a woman, and my life is very good in here, perfect in here. Thank you very much, Ruhina, for sharing your story. You're welcome. <laughs> You've been listening to a recorded conversation with Mrs. Ruhina Sehun, a Baha'i who escaped Iran 20 years ago after the Islamic Revolution in 1979. I want to thank you for listening to A Baha'i Perspective. If you want information on the Baha'i faith specifically, you can visit the website www.baha'i.org, that's B-A-H-A-I dot O-R-G, or you can call the toll-free number 1-800-22-UNITE. You are listening to WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. We hope you will join us next time on A Baha'i Perspective.
now Leaders at the table Talking about an end to war We need more than chess moves We got a hope in as a ladder for your souls, a means whereby they may be lifted up unto the realm on high. The Baha'i Faith, uniting the world one heart at a time. 1-800-22-UNITE Or visit our website at www.baha'i.org That's B-A-H-A-I dot O-R-G Oh, Hijo del Espíritu, mi primer consejo es este. Posee un corazón puro, bondadoso y radiante para que sea tuya una soberanía antigua, imperecedera y sempiterna. La fe Baha'i, uniendo los corazones del mundo a tiempo. 
1-800-22-UNITE o visitar nuestra página web www.bahai.org. Esto es B-A-H-A-I.org.